All right. Are y'all believing with me? Man, I'm excited. God is just so good, it's ridiculous. Whew, I love our covenant, man. This is good. All right. So let's just uh, pray and jump into it. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the anointing. I thank you for utterance. Father, I thank you that you give each individual here a spirit of wisdom and revealed knowledge of you and your word and that you enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Father, we have real rhema tonight and make it come alive to each individual and give us exactly what each individual needs. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Exodus 6 and verse 1. It's been our jumping off point for a while. And it says this, The Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he shall let them go, and with a strong hand he shall drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses, and he said, I am the Lord. In case you were wondering, it's me. And I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, or El Shaddai in the Hebrew. Because by my name Jehovah, or Yahweh, I was not known unto them. So what this is telling us right here is all the way up until this point where the Lord is talking to Moses, nobody knew him or his characteristics as Jehovah. They might have called his name Jehovah, but they didn't know him as Jehovah. They knew him as El Shaddai, God Almighty. And we saw that El Shaddai comes from uh, two uh, Hebrew words, and the uh, Hebrew word El really means Almighty God. So they kind of left off the translators, left off the whole Shaddai part. And Shaddai, we saw, is uh, derived from the Hebrew word shad, meaning breast. And Shaddai means the all-bountiful, all-sufficient, the breasty one who nourishes and supplies with more than enough. I like it. More than enough. Not just enough. Not just a little bit. More than enough. So here's our working definition. Almighty God who bountifully nourishes and supplies me with more than enough. Say it. Supplies me with more than enough. Okay, and if you're not experiencing that, it's because you don't know him as El Shaddai. And so as we get to know him, we should start to get him all pretty good. We've been working on this for two months. We should start to know him as El Shaddai and really start to believe that he's the God that shows up with more than enough. And we saw, I mean, we're looking at this from God's point of view. We saw Abraham and now Isaac. These guys weren't the sharpest knives in the uh, light bulb drawer or whatever. You know, they're just not that sharp. Did y'all catch that? Right. You, you following me? Exactly. Now, I said that on purpose because that's how sharp these guys really weren't. They, didn't even, they weren't even in the right drawer. Right? Yet God used them because He has to find somebody. And we're going to find out. We've been looking at this dancing all around, but we're going to drive it home tonight. But the one thing that God cares about most is that you give Him your attention. That you respect Him enough and deem Him worthy enough of your attention. Everything else He doesn't give a rip about. Because if He did, He wouldn't use anybody. We'll see that tonight. Let's turn to Genesis 25. Now, we looked at this a couple weeks, but I'm gonna, we're going to go back in time and look at this again real quick because we're going um, to see the other half of this story. Talking about Esau and Jacob. Now, these boys are about between 25 and 40 years old right here in verse 27. It says this, And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning, skillful, or knowing hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain, an ordinary and quiet sort of man that dwelled in tents. So you catching this? We've got Rambo. And that guy with the orange twist and his espresso down at the art gallery. You, you follow me. That's what these two guys are. And Isaac loved Esau. He favored Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah 
favored Jacob because they got to talk about chartreuse nail polish and stuff. All right? Now Jacob is at home. He's cooking. It says, and Jacob sod pottage. That means he's fixing soup. And Esau came in from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with some of that red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name was called Edom, which is red. And Jacob said, Yeah, not so fast, big boy. Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. What shall profit me this birthright? Now remember what a birthright is. You remember that? Well, remember that. It means he got a double shot of, a, of inheritance. Double shot. And... He was the spiritual leader or the keeper of the covenant. That was his place. It was his. He didn't really, he didn't care about it too much. He wanted a bowl of soup more than that, apparently. All right, so Jacob said, Swear unto me this day, pinky swear. And he swore unto him, and he sold him his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage and lentils, and he did eat and drink, and he rose up and he went his way, and Esau despised his birthright. Now remember this word despised, it means that he deemed the covenant because he was going to be the keeper of the covenant, he deemed it unworthy of his attention. Could care less about the covenant. Don't bother me with that. That's a crutch. Listen, I'm, I'm cunning. I'm a skillful hunter. Man, you drop me on the backside anywhere. I'm in the desert. Drop me on the backside anywhere with my bow and my arrow, and I could eat and feed all y'all. I should go on Survivor. If I didn't get voted off. That's what he's saying. He doesn't esteem this covenant. That's for sissy britches, Jacob. Here, fine, take it. Just give me some of that soup. Now, that's what this word despise means, that we don't deem it worthy, we don't respect it. But do you know that there's a lot of stuff? See, we should respect the covenant, but there's a lot of stuff that we should despise, too. There's a lot of things that aren't worthy of our attention. Right? Well, uh, you know what? Because I want to show you that if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us, right? Okay, so Hebrews 12. This is fun. Hebrews 12. We'll start in verse 2. Really, verse 2 is all we're going to look at. It said, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's despising the shame. He, the shame that Jesus went through wasn't even worthy of his attention. Not only did he disrespect it, he didn't even give it his attention. Do you know what shame is? Shame is feeling guilty, feeling inadequate, feeling inferior. It makes you reluctant or hesitant to act because you're afraid you'll be embarrassed. Well, here's one thing we should be despising. Yet it freezes us. What if it don't work? What if I lay my hands on the sick and they don't recover? And that is not even worthy of a second thought. Let alone like camp out there. Not, not just on healing. A- any area. Anything that you're ashamed at. If you're feeling guilty about anything. Oh, we already saw that in conscience for how many months? It didn't come from God. Man, you despise it. It isn't even worthy of your attention. You following me? There's a lot of stuff we give attention to. See, and the thing that flips God's hot button, His hot switch, is that you give attention to Him. 
He doesn't care about all the junk in your life. As long as you give attention. Look, i got a lot of issues. My family can testify. But one issue I don't have is that I don't have a problem giving my attention to the covenant. Do you, do you understand? Because you give attention to Jesus and, and what he did, all the other stuff, it's already covered under the blood. Y'all, y'all following that? So don't be paralyzed by shame, by guilt, by feeling inferior, by feeling inadequate. Mm-mm. That ain't even worthy of you even taking a second look at. What's worthy of your attention is the covenant. See, Jacob, because we're going to see, Jacob had a lot of, man, he got a lot of problems, that guy. We're fixing to study him in detail. Dude's a mess. He is. We're fixing to find out right now what kind of mess he is. Hey, he'd be lying, cheating, and stealing. And that's all before breakfast. Yet he deemed, he deemed it worthy of his attention to covet that covenant leadership spot so much that he cut a deal with Esau. I want it. Esau said, Psh, go ahead and take it. That's for, for sissy britches anyway. Mama's boy, go ahead and have it. Will, will Esau be sorry? Will, will it matter? Let's read. In Genesis 26 and verse 34, we'll get a running head start. That all happened between the boys who were 25 and 40. And right now, remember last week we saw that, I remember Isaac stayed in the land and he sowed and he got a hundredfold return and he didn't go to Egypt. Remember that? Now, this is when the boys are 40. It says, and Esau was 40 years old, so they're twins. So if Esau's 40, how old is Jacob? Just check him. And remember, Isaac was 60 when they were born, so he's how old now? 100. Good. You didn't know we have to do math on Friday night, did you? Okay, so he's 40, and he took a wife, Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, and Bashamath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, which were a grief to the mind of Isaac and to Rebekah. Now, that deal with the birthright, that was a private deal between the two boys. You follow me? Now, Mom and Daddy are finally getting a clue. <laughs> Esau doesn't really give a rip about this covenant because look who he just went off and married. Now, in, in, in their household, they don't do that because they're Hebrews. They're the generation of Eber, uh, out of his, his uh, lineage, which is out of Shem. He's marrying people from Ham, Noah's son. Well, why is that a big deal? Because the Hebrew is the line that God picked. That's why Abraham sent his servant back to get Rebekah to marry Isaac. The keeper of the covenant ain't going to be marrying some heathen girl who serves other gods. We're picking somebody from Eber that recognizes there's one true God. That's who we marry from. But obviously he, now they're getting a clue. Not only does he not give a rip about the covenant once, but twice. He double-shotted Tuesday, didn't he? Didn't care about inheritance. He double-shotted two Hittite chicks. Now he's 40 years old. Now are you telling me mom and daddy didn't have no clue until now? Uh-oh. We, we, I'm a parent. We see what we want to see. We don't see what we don't. All right, enough of that. Before we go down another path, we don't want to go down like last Sunday. Glory. In Genesis 27 and verse 1. And everybody said, phew. Now Isaac is 137 years old now. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son. And he said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. 
Now, if Isaac's 137, Esau and Jacob, they're 77. <laughs> See, we got this idea that there's a couple kids. 77 years old. They better have their trash together at this time, don't you think? You'd think. Yeah, no, Jacob's still a bachelor. Tony Randall. In verse 2, he said, Behold, now I'm old, and I know not the day of my death. I don't know the day of my death. Well, good for you. Neither does anybody else. He said, Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out in the field and make and take me some venison. Now he tells his oldest boy, 77, Go on out and get me some venison. 77, he's going out bow hunting. Don't tell me, oh, I'm too old for that. These boys are just coming into the prime of their life. He said, And make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah, she's sneaky because she overheard it, heard that when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for the venison to bring it, Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son and said, Behold, I heard your father talk to Esau. Your brother saying, Bring me venison, make me a savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I'll make them savory meat for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father that he may eat, and he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Uh-uh. He said, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. Now, he did, notice he didn't have a problem with doing the, the deal. His problem was, I'm going to get caught. You following this? He didn't say, oh, no, Mama, that ain't right. He said, no, I wax. That boy's hairy. Did you see that? Now, why is Rebecca doing this? She didn't know about the birthright deal, but she's smart enough to know that Esau already despised his covenant because he married two Hittite women. She don't want the blessing of Abraham going on him because he ain't going to keep it. Y'all better be thankful for Rebecca. There's no Israel yet. Remember that? It's Esau and Jacob. There's no Israel. The line of Jesus is still up for grabs. It's like volleyball right now. Remember? Who's Esau? He's the firstborn. It belongs to him. Yeah, Rebecca's looking out, protecting the line of Jesus. She didn't probably even realize she was doing it. Thank God for a sneaky woman. Somebody said, well, how does it go hand in hand with what you said Sunday? Listen, did she, go, did she go against what Isaac said? She didn't go head to head against him, did she? No, she just circumvented it. Did the right thing. We will find out she did do the right thing. And Isaac, we're going to find out, knew that she did the right thing. But did she go up against him and say, uh-uh, we ain't doing that? Did she? No. Now where was I? Okay, verse 12. He said, My father peradventure will feel me, and I'll seem to him as a deceiver. Not seem, you will be. He said, And I'll bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. And he went and he fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son, which were with her in the house. Now hold the phone right there. Did you all notice that they're living in a house now? Well, when Jacob was 25, he was a tent dweller. Now he's living in the house. 
These people set down roots in Beersheba. They build a house. They got a compound. Y'all see that? It's real subtle. And they put them upon Jacob, her younger son, and she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. Now I'm sure she didn't just like take skins and throw them on there because that ain't going to fool anybody. I'm sure they did a little super glue and put little goat hairs on there to make it like hair. Right? And then she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. She said, all right, go ahead. Now, do you think Jacob's, Jacob's nervous a little bit, maybe? I'd be. The old man, now he's old, but, you know, he knows the difference between his two boys. I mean, they're not even identical twins. They're not. And so he came into his father and he said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. Is he? Boy, he's just lying right to the old man's face. He said, I have done according to you, how? according as thou habatest me. Yeah, that's what you told me to do. Arise, I pray thee, sit in need of my venison, that, my, that thy soul may bless me. Isaac said to his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Let's look at Jacob, trying to hide behind all that. You know, oh, your God brought it to me. See how God's hand is in this? He brought it to me. Did he? That's another lie. Then bringing God into it. Boy, this guy, I'm telling you, what? My mama got a hold of this boy. He get hot sauce on his tongue. Huh? How could God bless this? Now, you know, I ain't so high-speed sharp, but I know lying ain't right. Is it? He said, no liar hath eternal life. Yet we got the covenant coming down through this. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray, that I may feel thee, my son, whether you be my very son Esau or not. Uh-oh. So Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy and his brother Esau's hands, and so he blessed him. But he want to check one more time. He said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, Yes, I am. And in verse 25, he said, Bring it near to me, and I'll eat my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near, and he kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his raiment, and he blessed him. And he said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. So he's doing one more check. And he said, Well, you know, I'm thinking it's Jacob, but, you know, he's hairy. Got this good meat, and it smells like Esau, so maybe he has a cold. Therefore, God, give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee, and be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Now, how many sons did Rebecca have? She only had one other one. I love how he just generalizes. He didn't, you know, why don't you just say what it is, you know? Let your mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curses thee, and blessed be he that blesses thee. Uh-oh. That's bad news for Esau, isn't it? Yeah. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, he skedaddled. And Jacob was yet scarce gone out of the presence of Isaac his father, went out the back door, 
And Esau's brother came in from hunting. Whew, that was close. All this lying, all this cheating, all this stealing. Man, you know that blessing can't hold, can it? I mean, come on. It was, I mean, he was blessing Esau. He wasn't blessing Jacob. He said Esau. Put his hands on him and said Esau. Didn't he? We talked about this a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Once a blessing goes down range, can it be reversed? No, it can't. Remember Balaam? With the donkey, the talking donkey? Remember that? He, he, went, he was getting paid money to go curse the Israelites, and he said, I can't. he went to, he said, I can't. I can't reverse what God blessed. Sorry, but I'll take your cash. Well, that just can't be right, Andrew. Well, let's read and see what the Bible says. Verse 30. And it came to pass that as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, that Jacob was yet scarce going out of the presence of Isaac his father, and that Esau's brother came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat, and brought it unto his father, and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac his father said, Who, who art thou? And he said, I'm thy son, thy firstborn Esau. How do you not know me? I'm 77. I've been around a long time. You just told me to go get... And now I'm back. Man, the old man really is losing it. But no, he isn't, because look what happened. It said, Isaac trembled very exceedingly. He starts to have like a seizure. And he said, Who? Where is he that taketh venison to me and brought it, and I have eaten it before you came, and have blessed him? Because then what can you say? He said, Because that one didn't count. Is that what he said? He said, no, and yea, and, and he, he, he's the one that's going to be blessed, not you. You're too late. What? After all the lies and all the cheating and the stealing, he, he's the one that's going to be blessed? Yep. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry. And he said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, Your brother came with subtlety and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, It is not... Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he supplanted me these two times. Remember the word supplanter means what? To illegally hold, seize hold, and occupy the position of somebody else. Remember we talked about if Dick Cheney drugged George Bush and then just stole the presidency and didn't tell anybody? Yeah, that happened to like Woodrow Wilson. He, was, he had a stroke and his wife took over. And, and she was the gatekeeper. She was basically being the president. She supplanted the position until they finally wised up. That's what he said. He said he supplanted me twice. He took away my birthright. Now, wait a minute. Did Jacob take away his birthright? Liar, liar, pants on fire. You gave it up for a bowl of soup, Zippy. Huh? So don't be blaming Jacob. See, you despised it. It wasn't worthy of your attention, so you gave it away. And you know what? When he gave it away, and then he married the two Hittite chicks, who was the one that was going to keep the covenant? There's only one kid left. Esau obviously doesn't want to keep the covenant. Now he does all of a sudden, because you know what? He wants the benefits of the covenant without ever giving it his attention. God help us. He said, and now behold, he's taken away my blessing also. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said then to Esau, behold, I've made him your Lord. And over all his brethren I've given to him for servants. And with corn and wine I've sustained him. 
Now what shall I do unto you? There ain't much left. And Esau said to his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lift up his voice and he wept. Now he's sorry. Well, you know, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Why, why couldn't he just jump back right into the covenant? And that's an Old Testament scripture in Lamentations. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Look over in Hebrews. Right back to chapter 12 where we were. Verse 14. Paul says, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Profane, that's the same word as despiser means he scorned his birthright. He scorned God. It wasn't worthy of his attention. He disrespected it. Look at verse 17. For you know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. That's written in the New Covenant. I ain't trying to scare anybody or whatever. This is a heart issue. If the covenant is not worthy of your attention, at some point in time it will be, and there is a point in time where it's too late. You've already dissed God too many times, and it's, it's over. Even though you seek repentance with tears, oh, and you're careful, you're, please, God, now oh, I see it now, now it's too late. He's already given that spot to somebody else. See, it's all fun and games, because... When did he sell his birthright? When did he despise his birthright? When he was 25. Now he's 77. 52 years. 52 years now all of a sudden he's coming to repentance because he didn't get what? That he was in charge. He didn't get the double portion. He didn't get his daddy saying, oh, your brother bowed down to you. That's why he's sorry. Had nothing to do with he loves God all of a sudden or he really cares about the covenant. Yet, now he's sorry, it's too late. Because he didn't deem it worthy of his attention. Be careful what you despise and you don't despise. Same thing happened with Judas. Remember Judas Iscariot? It says he repented. <laughs> but what happened? Too late now. Then he went and hanged himself. And that says his guts spilled out. Nice. I... See, we play this game. Look, the covenant is life and death. You're either in or you're not in. If you're in, it's really good. Don't be, you know, I'm half in, I'm half out, I'm in, I'm two-spirited. Remember that? It's your birthright. Don't despise it. It's yours. The blessing is there for you. The inheritance is there for you. All the benefits of the covenant are there for you. So this is the one issue that God cares about. Do you really want to give Him your attention? Or not. He doesn't care about the lying, the cheating, the stealing. Obviously, he doesn't. We're talking about the character of God. 
all Abraham shenanigans, all Isaac's nonsense, all Jacob's nonsense. Jacob looks worse than Esau. Esau's out just hunting, doing what his daddy told him. At least he made an honest woman of them two Hittite chicks. Who knows what Jacob's doing? You think he's 77 and a virgin? I mean, come on. Do we? Well, that's the character of God. That's the one thing he really cares about. If you're going to give him your attention or not. Not all the stuff that all the other junk. He don't care about that. Because you know what? All that will get taken care of after you give your attention to God. He can work with that. He can't work with, yeah, whatever. If that's your attitude towards God, what's he got to work with? Nothing. You know, no, there is nobody in hell for murdering, for lying, cheating, stealing, raping, none of that. There's not one fornicator. I mean, went to hell for fornication. Not one person went to hell for drug use. Not one. You know what they go to hell for? Blowing off, blowing it off, blowing the sacrifice off. Psh, I don't have to believe in that. Despising it, it isn't worthy of their attention. That's the only thing that sends somebody to hell. They don't pick. The, they don't pick the covenant. All right, enough of that. Back to Genesis 27. Where we leave off, 39. It says, And Isaac his father answered and said, Behold, here's his his blessing. Behold, your dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. And the dew from heaven above. And, uh, oh yeah, uh, by your sword you'll live, but you'll serve your brother. And maybe when it'll come to pass eventually that, you know, you'll have the dominion and you'll break away his yoke from your neck. Eventually you'll get tired of it and he'll let you go. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. And Esau hated Jacob. Now, why are you hating Jacob for? Jacob didn't do it to you. You did it to you. Esau did it to himself. He despised his birthright. Jacob just went after it. Since you're going to throw it away and you ain't going to do no good with it, I'll take it. He hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning my father are at hand, then I'm going to slay my brother Jacob. Now, Isaac's 137. He don't die until he's 180. The days of mourning are 30 days after the old man dies. he got a long time to wait before you're going to get around to killing Jacob. That's 43 years. That's holding a grudge, isn't it? It says, In these words of Esau, her elder son were told to Rebekah. And one of the servants ratted him out. And she sent and called Jacob, the younger son, and said, Behold, thy brother Esau is touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise, flee unto Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away. That's 20 years. He goes there for a few days, 20 years. And verse 45 says, Until your brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which you have done to him. She's the one that did it. Did you see that? She's the one that told him, go in there. He didn't know anything. I mean, Jacob's just, you know, doing whatever he was doing. She interrupted him, said, come on, let's go. you got to go in and get your blessing. She said, oh, the thing you did to him. Then I'll send for you and fetch you from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? Why would that deprive him of both? Esau's going to kill Jacob. Esau's still around, isn't he? Something obviously was going to happen to him. 
Because Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm weary of my life. She goes to Isaac. Now, this is not what she just told Jacob. She runs because I don't want you to get killed. She tells him, I'm weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. Yeah, this is a good story. And if Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life be to me? Now, that is true, but that wasn't her motivation. She was trying to save old boy's hide. But what she is saying is that, listen, we don't want him ending up like Esau, and he is 77. He might need a little help. Now, 77 years old, do you think maybe she could have thought of that a little young, while he was a little younger? I mean, these guys are out to lunch. They don't realize till Esau's 40 that he's not really caring about the covenant. That was 37 years ago. If that really was a grief to him, maybe she should have come up with some action plan 37 years ago. Don't you think? If she's really looking out for this. All right, go on to Genesis 28 and verse 1. It says, And Isaac called Jacob. Now watch this. What, man, This we skip over this part, but watch this. Now, if you're Isaac and you know you got lied to, you call Jacob. What are you going to tell him? Boy, don't be doing that to me again. I can't believe you pulled the wool over my eyes. What are you, nuts? I'm going to undo that blessing with a bunch of curses, except that I said anybody that curses you would be cursed, and I'm not about that stupid to curse myself. But if I wasn't, I would. Is that what he says to this guy? No. He calls him and he blesses him again. What? Oh, yeah, now watch what he blesses him with this time. And he charged him and he said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethiel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. Now it's not because they're all into incest. I told you that before. It was about the Hebrew line. It was about people that worship God, the Almighty God. They don't know him as El Shaddai. They only knew him as Elohim. But they were worshiping. And look what he says in verse 3. And God Almighty, El Shaddai, and El Shaddai bless thee. Now, the last time he blessed him, this time he's saying, God, the one that supplies, that bountifully supplies with more than enough, he'll bless you and make you fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people. See where the covenant's going now? See the last one that didn't have the covenant blessing. He's given him the covenant blessing. It's over for Esau. Here comes Israel. See, this was up for grabs until this very moment. It was up to Isaac to pass it down. And give thee the blessing of Abraham. Wow. To thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent Jacob away. And he went to Paddan Aram unto Laban, son of Bethuel the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob and Esau's mother. So instead of dressing this guy down and giving him the what for, because he lied, cheated, and stealed to get that blessing. And you know, he ran like a, I mean, it was, it was a legitimate deal, but it was kind of a con game. He waited until the guy was like, really thought he was going to die of hunger before he got the birthright from him. He picked his time, didn't he? He wasn't stupid about it. I'm looking at this, if we look at this, you know, from what we think is the God or the Christian point of view, 
He ain't acting right, is he? No, he's not acting. I mean, that's just like the whole checklist. We'd have throw that cat out of here. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. We don't act like that. What are you kidding? That's not WWJD. Is it? We don't, we don't ever talk about this part in church, though, do we? Because we have to act right. This dude ran a serious con on his, on his daddy with his mama's blessing, lied right to his face. Then brought God into the deal, lied about that part, too. Right? Just scamming him to get the blessing. Instead of getting mad at him, Isaac finally understands. Well, obviously, Esau didn't care about his birthright. We found that out now after this blessing thing. He married the Hittite chicks. Now, he's, he's sorry, but he still doesn't really care about the covenant. He's sorry that he's not going to be the man. Isaac's, uh, oh, God, he must be the one that's getting the covenant line. After lying and cheating and stealing, Jesus is coming through that guy. The whole rest of the covenant is built around that guy. So much so that they named the entire nation of God's chosen people after that guy. The con man. So from God's point of view, does your little junk matter? Do you, what do you think is inadequate? Does that matter? Would, would you, you consider yourself inferior? Jacob, he was the inferior one his whole life. Esau was the one with all the hunting trophies. Well, Jacob, he cooking soup. Oh, good job. You know how to whoop up some soup. He Always looking for his daddy's approval, yet who was getting it? Esau. See, the one thing that God really cares about is if you give him your attention or not. All the rest of the stuff in your life, it don't matter to him. It Obviously, it doesn't. Because what Abraham, he took Hagar... You know, great. Esau took, you know, two Hittite chicks. Then when Abraham, well, he was 160, he took concubines and that other chick, and they had like 12 more kids. She wasn't from, you know, Pat and the Ram. She was like, you know, 18-year-old Miss Canaanite. Little tiara on, right? So how come God didn't get mad at him? Hmm? Because Abraham was giving God his attention. That's the one thing that will flip God's hot button about you. Now what stuff... See, because we do this all the time. I do it. And, I, and I, you know... There's all kind of distractions out there. There's all kind of stuff grabbing for your attention. Remember back in Conscious, we talked about how many outside voices always trying to get your attention? And there's stuff that's important that needs your attention. It is important. Yet... We're always doing this important thing, which is that important thing, and oh, this is very important. Next thing you know, we're not giving God any attention. And then we'd be like, God, how come uh, man, I can't believe my life's like this? Why is it like this? Why'd you do this to me, God? He didn't. 
You know, and then when you do give him five minutes, you'd be like, well, I can't believe he didn't give me any fresh rain after five minutes. I mean, here I am, God, tell me. Come on, I'm on a schedule here. I remember laughing, but it's true. Like, man, I've been praying for an hour. Oh, so three minutes. <laughs> well, the long commercial break's over. I'll get back to CSI. I didn't hear nothing from God. I guess he ain't, you know. Right? I do it too. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I ain't casting no stones or nothing. We got tons of important stuff that's always happening. You know, and then I want to do the thing that I want to do to unwind after we did all the important stuff and you've been running, you know, a thousand miles an hour with your hair lit on fire and you finally got home and you just want to relax. But see, you got to decide what is it that's really, see, if you take the time on the front end, all that important stuff, God will take care of your business if you take care of Him, giving Him attention. All your business will get taken care of. See, that's where we get it backwards. Oh, i got more stuff i got to do. Good. Then you should probably spend more time with God. Because if you got more stuff to do, you're going to need more of His help getting that stuff done. And if you give Him attention, He will show up. Guarantee it. It'll get taken care of. It's not a question. That's why Jesus said, take no thought. He said, don't even think about it. What he's telling you is despise. Don't let it even get your attention, all the stuff about like, what? What am I going to wear? What are we going to eat? How are we going to live? He said, oh, we do, man, flowers, the bees and the birds. and all. Remember, this goes back to what we were talking about before, tithes and offering. It don't matter what you do, God's going to help you. He's going to show up and take care of you, whether you tithe or you don't tithe. You're going to get taken care of. Whether you believe Him or you don't believe Him, you're in covenant, He'll take care of you. He did with the children of Israel for 40 years. Every day there's manna on the ground. Well, we're going to, I don't know what we're going to eat. Every day, manna. I don't know what we're going to do. Right? Don't, don't sweat all that. man. Say, give God some attention. Just try it. Just do an experiment. Just give Him a little bit of attention at the front end of your day. Do I have to get up early? No. Go to work late. What are they, what, what they going to do? Write you up? Fire you? Jeff and I are laughing. He was doing all kinds of stuff to get fired, and he couldn't. He'd be like, I don't have any more sick days. I'm not coming in. Okay, see you tomorrow. What? Aren't you going to fire me? No. See you tomorrow. I'm not advocating that you just be, you know, a bum. But what I'm saying is if you give God your attention, He'll take care of all the rest. He said He'd give you favor. If you can't get your butt out of bed early, then go to work late. But give God His attention. See what I'm saying? Because what will happen is no one will care that you're late. I guarantee it. I've done it plenty of times. I've missed flights before, all kind of stuff, and it always works out. It's amazing. That God will show up and hook you up. He got your back. See, when I say that in the beginning of the service, it'll be like, oh, that's just so nice. Yeah, he does. No, it's not a nice little saying. He really does have your back. It, do you know when David was out there and he was slinging that rock? I, he wasn't. I, he could have slung it. I don't know which way. It didn't matter. That giant was going down. God got his back. Probably, the, I don't even know if the rock hit him. I mean, could have been, you know, the angel come up and just socked him one. I don't know. He could have just swung nothing. God has your back. If you give Him your attention, He'll get your back. Even if you're a lying, cheating, stealing, so-and-so. 
I like that. Not that I like I'm lying, cheating, stealing, because I don't. But what that does is I look at this guy and see that Jesus, the line of the covenant, the G- line of Jesus came through this guy. Man, I'm feeling pretty good now. I'm not that bad, whatever my issues are. Because the only issue that I don't have is I don't have a problem giving God my attention. So all the other stuff, whatever you think that you're inferior at or you're feeling guilty over or you're in that, that don't matter. It doesn't matter. You guys starting, I, got, I feel like I'm just saying, but everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then tomorrow, it'll, it'll all hit, you know, or Monday, we'll all get in the panic mode again. When the first sign of trouble, we'll be like, uh-oh, I knew this stuff didn't work. Remember all the times I believed God and it didn't happen? Well, because you weren't really believing God. Because if you were, it would have happened. We talked about that before, honest assessment. Yeah, I believe it. No, you don't. If you did, you'd have it. Where were we? Where I got off on that rabbit trail. Genesis 28, verse 5. It says, And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Paddan Aram and to Laban, son of Bethuel the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob and Esau's mother. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Paddan Aram to take a wife from thence, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge saying, Don't take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Who did already? Who took wife of the daughters of Canaan? Esau did. Now he's watching him get blessed again. And he tells him, don't do what Esau did. Now, now, now watch, what, watch what Esau does. And Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Paddan Ram. 77 years old. Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went Esau to Ishmael and took another one. He took unto the wise of him. He had Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Najibah, to be his wife. He said, fine, you don't like that? I'm going to get me another one. So, man, he goes from bad to worse to man right into the pits of hell. What is this guy's problem? See, don't do that. Don't get your... He missed his shot with the covenant. Repentance is still available to him. He's just not going to be the leader of the covenant. He can get back into the covenant. He was circumcised. He's bloodline of Abraham. He's just not going to keep the covenant. The line's not going through him. Okay, I blew that one. So why don't you repent, if you really mean to repent, and get back into the covenant. Start giving it your attention. And what? And God would have blessed him, because that's what God does. But what's he do? Oh, fine, you don't like that? Watch this, big man. Oh, daddy, you don't like that? I mean, come on, what are you, in seventh grade or high school? You're 77. And the chick that he married, Mahalath, her name means sickness. Oh, there's a winner. Good job. Yeah, Isaac's real upset with you now. Dude, you're just hosing yourself. But be careful not to do that, because if you, because this is what people do. They don't give God their attention. Then stuff doesn't go their way. Then And then... They, well, oh, I'm sorry, God, how come you didn't fix it? And God says, okay, come on back into the covenant. You know, you missed that one. We'll pick up from here. Oh, no, forget that. Well, I just don't want any of it. Well, fine, I'm just going over here, and that's the end of it. 
So what you do is you're hardening your heart, you're hardening your heart, you're hardening your heart, and next thing you know, you're in, you just lost all opportunity to do anything. We do it all the time, though. We blame God. We start taking personal offense. We get our feelings hurt if it didn't, you know, we, we thought we were believing for, which we didn't really have Rhema on in the begin with because we were just jumping out there doing something. Because if we did have Rhema for it, it would show up and work. If we know that God told us to do something and you go walk it out, it don't matter how long it takes, you're going to stick with it because you know God told you to do it and you know He's going to show up. If you don't have that confidence, then you're going to be like, well, I knew it wouldn't work. It's the truth. It's the absolute truth. That's what we do. We, you know, that is why it's so important to get that word from God on the front end. Because if you don't have it, you have no confidence that he'll show up. And then when it doesn't, you'd be like, so you better make sure that you're actually in faith when we say, Are you, do you really believe this? Yeah, I believe that. No, if you can't believe that, then believe, can you believe this? Yeah, I can believe that. But if you ain't believing that, and you're Find out exactly where it is that you believe, and that's what we're then say. That's what we believe. I don't care about your faith confession around here. Faith confession is nothing more than a lie. It is. If you tell me what it, because if it's really what you're believing, then it has to come to pass. And it's not a faith confession anymore. It's what it is. Over. It all starts with giving God your attention. Because if you don't get that one licked, you got no leg to stand on. None. And then get mad at him and get your feelings hurt because how come it didn't work? So we've been talking about on Sunday. Sharpening, sharpening, sharpening. We're getting your wisdom. Get your rhema. Sharpen that thing before you go out and try to, you know, cut wood and mine. Because you get hurt if, you're, if your stuff isn't sharp. If you don't have that wisdom, if you don't have rhema, you got nothing to stand on. And then you get all upset. How come this mess with... And then go do what Esau did. Do you know what happens to him? Yet yeah, you heard of, you know, the Edomites. That's his nation, the Edomites. You heard of them lately? He went by the way of the Ishmaelites. Yeah, you heard. I mean, he don't even get as much as much play as Ishmael does in the news, does he? We talk about the Ishmaelites. I don't know Edomites. I don't know what is that. Is that like something the Terminex takes care of? Do you know he would he would have found a place? If he if he had repented, really repented, and jumped back into the covenant, yeah, he still wouldn't have. He would have been Israel's servant. He, I mean, Jacob had the line. He was the keeper of the covenant. He lost that spot. He gave it up. You can't get it back once you gave that part up. But he could still get into the covenant. So what? You're not the leader anymore, but you're part of it. I'd rather be a part than not at all. So don't get mad at God. Man, he is waiting on you to just give him some attention and he'll take care of all your business. That's, a, that's his hot button issue. You want God to like you better? Give him some attention. Man, people say, oh, you talk to the flowers and they'll grow better. Man, if flowers like it, you think God might like it? Those you got pets, kids, whatever, you like attention, don't you? I like it when people get, pay me attention. I like it when I walk in and my kids go, daddy, daddy, daddy. God likes it too. If I walked in and my kids didn't do it, they'd just be like, ah, oh, whatever. I'd be like, wow, well, all right. But if they did that all the time, I can understand you're watching a movie, playing, whatever. But every time, you just ignore me? And then when they, you know, come to me for five bucks or 20, hey, you got some money? Come on. 
Oh, how come you didn't give me a hundred? Well, you're not giving me any attention. You know, these emotions, they came from God. He built you that way. He's got the same ones were made in His image. All right. So this guy married that girl named Sickness. God help him. And then verse 10, it said, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. Now, here's the map, right? Beersheba's down here. Remember, that's where Abraham dug all those wells and everything? Haran, way up there in Turkey. We're almost in Turkey. It's like the northern part of Syria. Now, go to the next one for me, Mandy. I just wanted to, I just threw this in. Cause that's where Noah's Ark is. Where the, uh, in the Ararat range, they don't know exactly, but that's where the Bible says that he the, the ark landed. Okay, so where's Haran is just down from that. Why that is a big deal? Because I'm talking about these sons of Eber. The sons of Eber, was, he was the son of Shem. Remember, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham's the one that was, you know, well, he homosexually raped Noah, and he had a curse on him. Those ended up being the Canaanite people. That's why they didn't want anybody marrying those, that crew. They had a curse on them. Blessing went to Shem, and it went to Eber, the Hebrews. Went to Abraham. See, the cut keeps getting narrowed down. Went from Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to, to Jacob. Esau could have had it, but he gave it up because he married somebody who was outside the line. All this stuff, it's such a big deal on the front end because what it did, it had to keep the bloodline pure until Jesus got here. And you know what that did? It opened it up to everybody. To all of us. That's why it took God so long to get Jesus here. He worked 4,000 years to work this thing out so he could find somebody he could get covenant with and on and on and down. And so you and I could be here and be part of the covenant. Can we give him a little attention? He worked, he worked a long time to open it up so that we could come into the covenant. God was doing backflips. He had to put up with a lot of folk on this planet just so you and I could be part of the covenant. He was thinking of us when he was looking for Abraham. That's what it says. Knew your name. Already had your keen, edgy plan made out for you. Just for El Shaddai. He's got the right mix of breast milk just for you. And he had it from the very beginning. For you, the special formula for you. Man, if that does not give you goosebumps, I don't know what will, man. That the creator of the universe, man, he loves you so much. He did triple backflips just for you to be part of the covenant so that he could give you all his riches, all his honor, and all his life. Y'all tired of hearing about that? Ah, how could you be? Every time I hear it, it's like it's the first time I heard it. How could somebody love me that much? You guys know me. You're wondering the same thing. It's true. But, so, and if God loves me, He loves you that much too. And you know you. That should I mean, we should just be like, wow, God, I'll give you all kind of attention. Creator of the universe coming after me individually. I'll give you some attention. No problem. I could be late to work for that. I can even get up out of the bed a little earlier for that if I had to. Or stay up late, or whenever it is that you want to give them attention. Lunch, I don't care when. Kimmy, man, she, she hooked me up. She said, I wish God would talk to you in the middle of the night when we're all asleep. I can't get to sleep till 3 o'clock in the morning most nights now. What, are you kidding me? Anyway, y'all stand to your feet with me. We'll pick up this story again next week. Sunday's going to be good. I'm excited. 
I'm going to try and get to my notes that I had from last Sunday, this Sunday. But Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. Seal it in our hearts. Father, help us to meditate on this. Just roll it around on the inside that man, how much you love us and what kind of lengths you went to to get us and bring us into the covenant. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for doing what you did to come down here and open it up for all of us to be a participant in it. You're just so good to us, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you with our lives. Because words, is, I mean, they don't do justice. Father, all we can do is just give you our lives. We do it in Jesus' name. Amen.